You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here. Today, I have a really, really special guest. Her name is Alana Rea, and she is a former lawyer and occasional guest lecturer at Columbia. Alana has been busy since 2016 founding Etra, which is a resource and mentorship platform for girls approaching high school. She thinks of Etra as a knowledge strategy for girls, highlighting valuable tools and role models that they need to change the world. How awesome is that? Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That is pretty special. And boy, do I, I love empowering girls and, you know, supporting them. I think it's incredible what you're doing. So thank you for being here and thank you for talking about this. No, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Well, let's just dive right in. What is Etra? So Etra is the French word to be. And when I was thinking about starting something with mentorship for girls, I really liked the idea of asking them, you know, who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily what do you want to be? You know, even though we do meet amazing women at really cool companies, um, the idea isn't to decide what you want to be as early as middle school. There's plenty of time for that. But who do you want to be? What kind of girl do you want to be? Um, and as I thought about it, I just thought that word you know, defining to be was really a great encapsulation of what I wanted to try to do. Oh, that's very cool. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the, it's the very first thing that you see on your website is, is who do you want to be? And I love that because I think so often we ask our kids, what do you want to do? What job right. do you want to do? But isn't it more important that we ask them what kind of person they want to be? That's you know, the thing. Do you want to be kind? Do you want to be thoughtful? Do you want to be fun? You know, right. all of those things and the jobs will come, right? Right, right. Yeah. And the skills will come when you cultivate those aspects of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I want you to be smart and I want you to be informed. And being informed for kids today is a major challenge. There is so much information. You know, they are drinking from the fire hose when you think about how much information is out there. So if we can make it age appropriate and safe and curate it and make it reliable, now being informed takes on a whole new meaning. And that's the kind of person that we want you to be. Find great news outlets and look at all sides of an issue. That's what we mean about being informed. So each of those things, those 10 topics across the website, um, which turned out to be the same 10 chapters in the book that we did, you know, be smart, be strong, be brave, be informed. They are sort of qualities that you want to bake in at an early age because those are the people we want you to grow into. Yes. So let's let's just um, mention your book because uh, you you have a book and you have a website. So the the mm-hmm. it's your whole all of your work started with on um, with extragirls.com, correct? Yes. The website yes. was the first thing, and that went up in 2016. And then your book is Etra Girls. Who do you want to be? Right. And that is, that's just from 2019. So that's brand new. It just came out in October. We released it on day of the girl on October 11th. Um, Yes. And, uh, and it has been a blast. And the book is really, it's divided, as I said, into those same 10 chapters, 
And it's a compilation of articles that I've written for different outlets. And then wisdom from quotes and interviews from 40 luminary women that we've either met at company visits or we've interviewed by email. And then my favorite part of the book actually is um, we've got quotes from 50 girls aging from uh, nine to 18. So right. real, you know, of the moment feedback from these girls on what it means to be smart, what it means to have a sport that you love or meet a role model that inspires you. So the 50 girls who were involved were just, I think, the greatest joy for me in the book. Mm. Well, and what I love about your book is it's, it's meant for girls. It's made for girls. It is like a magazine style book that yep. looks like Instagram, Insta. It's all like super cool, fun, easy to read. Mm -hmm very colorful, vibrant. And, and let's be honest. I mean, that's, that's, that's where we want our girls. That's how we want to attract the girls to read this because this is important information. And so when we package it up in a way that looks, you know, is, is attractive to them, this is all part of the well, plan. And it came from, it came from the girls. You know, oh. I have a board of advisors for Etra. And when I first started, I had, you know, maybe 10 girls because I didn't have a middle school girl anymore. Um, you know, she's much older now. But I knew that a board was going to be important. And for the book, it was invaluable. You know, we've got 85 girls on our board now, um, ranging wow. from middle school to high school. They are all over the country. And, you know, for us to be able to say hardcover or paperback, should it feel like really bright colors or do you like pastels? What their feedback was so important. And then really when we laid the book out page by page, to have a quote from a CEO right next to a quote from a 13-year-old empowers the girls. It draws that dotted line for them that just says, you know, your words are just as valuable as this amazing role model that we're hearing from. And it does, as you say, have that magazine feel, you know, that, that cool fall issue of a magazine that you stole from your older sister yeah, and you throw it in your backpack. That's what we wanted it to feel like. That's great. And, and the idea of quotes beside leaders, CEOs, mm -hmm. They were 13 once, they were 11 yeah. once, right? So yep. how cool is that? I love that. So um, tell me how this all started because I know it started with your daughter. How did it this did. all become where it is today? So it started when my daughter was in middle school um, and she's 22 now, but when she was in middle school, I was working as a lawyer and I loved, loved being a lawyer. I was just the happiest, nerdiest lawyer ever. And I, I was so impassioned by my job. And I realized, though, that I wasn't bringing that home, that I would go to work, I would come back, and then I would be so focused on making sure that the rest of the evening was focused on my daughter and her younger brother, that I wasn't talking about work, I wasn't bringing that joy home. And I could see that I wasn't giving her the right female role models. She didn't have any sense of what I did every day. She had never had a female pediatrician. She didn't know what any of my very accomplished friends did for a living, you know, and they were CEOs and surgeons and news anchors, and she wasn't seeing it. So at the time I thought, okay, that is a, you know, a problem on my part, but it's easy to fix. If I exposed her to these women, if I introduced her to women and say, ask her about her job, spend five minutes and just find out what she does every day. The person no longer becomes Jennifer's mom it becomes that really cool woman who runs a fashion house or that amazing woman who wrote five books. And so that's what I tried to do. And I introduced her to a number of women when she was growing up. And I think if you asked her today, she would say it was really impactful. And then 
when I was ready to retire from my law firm many years later, I thought I want to do something else with mentorship. That was a lot of fun. And there are tons of middle school girls out there who might benefit from meeting some luminary women. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a whole day. And I don't have to take 50 at a time. This can Mm -hmm. be small. So at the time, I just uh, decided to build a website because I had helped build websites at the law firm I was at. Um, So I built a very rudimentary, you know, drag and drop website. And I launched it on Mother's Day of 2016 because I thought, well, everyone will be emailing and on Facebook and it'll be an easy time to do that. And at the time, I just thought I'll put some inspirational quotes up from great women that I know and I'll offer resources. Let's find great resources. If girls love coding and their school might not have it, let's find five great coding clubs that a girl anywhere in the country can access. Or let's put up a great reading list. Let's put up some news sites. It started out as simply a list of curated resources. Mm. And then it grew from there. Then we started the board. And most of the great ideas that we had came directly from the board. I didn't think of after school clubs. And one of the girls on my board said, I'd love to bring this to my school. I talk about it at school and I want to actually bring it. Can we do a club in a box? And then we started after school clubs. And that is so cool. (laughs) That was great. So that was 2017. And then right after that, one of the girls, another board member said, why can't we meet all the women we're interviewing? Because at the time I was collecting suggestions from the girls and then I would send a cold email out and say, would you mind if we asked you five questions by email? I would collect questions from the girls, make the ask and we would write up an interview. And one of the girls said, why can't we meet them in person? And I said, well, we're too small for them to come to us, but let's see if we can go to them. And that turned into an enhanced version of exactly what I did with my daughter. I take Mm -hmm. girls 10 at a time. We go into companies. We started it in 2018. The girls pick the companies. So if it's something they use, Spotify hosted our very first. Um, We went to Google. We went to Viacom, YouTube, Morgan Stanley, the stock exchange. You know, they held the gavel. Um, But they, they pick these things. And we stay an hour. We meet female executives. And I just let the girls loose and they ask every question they can think of. That is so cool. And by the way, you obviously have some pretty cool friends. So, (laughs) You know what? My friends are the coolest. And it is a network that has grown so organically and in such a lovely way because when one mom says to another, oh, there's this group and your daughter should do it. Or one colleague says to another, I just hosted 10 girls at my office. You should do this. They would love your industry. Um, it's grown exactly like that. Social media and word of mouth have been everything. And so my starting network absolutely was the springboard, but one great woman will tell another great woman and that's been it. It's so true. It's so true. And we love sharing that stuff, right? So yeah. that's yeah. that's fantastic. And and just to be clear, you're talking to girls around the age of 10 to 14, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about middle school girls. And you know, there's there's been a few things that you've said throughout um, our, our talk right now, just in terms of providing them with resources, providing them with news. And I think it's really good the way you have curated the information that's on your website because you do talk about the election. You talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, what it means to, um, you know, 
what your vote will mean. What, you know, because these are the future leaders of our, of, of, right. of the world, right? Of our companies, of, of the, the countries that we live in. Um, so it's really important that we don't look past these girls. We keep them in the know. And, and even in my former corporate career, I saw more and more and more women taking over the top positions. So yep. our girls absolutely need to have this information and to be inspired to, um, to think that way, to think, look, mm -hmm. I can lead this company. I don't need to be small. I can be big. Uh, but right. with that also comes some information like, um, you know, you talk about, so you have these 10 hashtags, right? You mentioned some of them yep. and uh, the book is, the book and the website is all broken into them. And it's, so I won't say hashtag for everyone, but it's be smart, be wise, uh, innovative, be brave, be happy, be charitable, be connected, be informed, be strong and be well read. Right. Yep. Those are all yep. so great. I mean, I don't, I don't think you could pick another one. They're, they're all perfect. And, <laughs> and even in the be smart, you have, you have this acronym STEM, right? Which is for science, technology, engineering, and math. And, and mm -hmm. what, what you're saying with that is look girls, be interested in this too, because there's going to be a lot of opportunities in that field as yeah. you, as you get older. I mean, you talked about coding too. And for girls, we need girls in coding, right? It's a male dominated field and we want more girls in there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to, to validate the fact that if you're interested in math and science, and maybe some of your friends aren't stick with what you love because there are mentors and resources and great teachers out there and so let's go interview some astronauts because maybe they remember what it was like to be in seventh grade and they were nervous to raise their hand and now they work at NASA or an engineer at Google. And so not only, you know, highlighting those areas and saying these are going to be important industries for you to enter, but highlighting the role models now and saying these are women that remember exactly what it's like to stand in your sneakers. And they sat in those same classes and now look what they do. So they need to see it in order to be it. And I know that's, it's a phrase that's used often, but it's, it's that way because it's true. So if we can put a girl directly in someone's office and say, ask her, ask her whether she loved science at the time or when was it that she decided she wanted to become a surgeon? Um, those in-person things are important. And when you can't stand in their office, the role models are available in books, on film, on television, by email, on websites. And so... I love the middle school age because it is a time when girls, I think kids in general, but I'll speak to girls right now, um, are more likely to quit things that they love. And there have been studies done, you know, that talk about the fact that between ages eight and 14, girls' confidence can drop by almost 30%. Um, you know, the number of girls who feel like they're not allowed to fail can rise between 18 and 45% during those ages. And, you know, the data backs up what I think we see in our classrooms, at our dinner tables, that when their confidence gets shaky, they're less likely to raise their hand, they're less likely to ask the hard question, and they're less likely to imagine themselves in those leadership roles. So while I have a lot of high school girls on my board as well, and a lot of them come on the trips, I built this site for middle schoolers because I wanted to catch them when they were old enough to know what they loved and vulnerable enough to risk stepping off track unless they were encouraged to stick with what they love. Right. So why is it that it's this age where you're seeing confidence plummeting, you're seeing um, them quitting things? Why this age group? 
It's such a great question. And, and there are people far more expert in this than me to answer it, you know, with, with scientific certitude. I can say from talking to the girls and their parents and the teachers and the spot that I'm in, you know, I think there are a number of things. I think there's basic peer pressure, which is as old as time. And any one of us can recall what it's like to be in middle school. And so there are basic, you know, peer pressures. I think social media adds a different layer to it. I think seeing a perfect and curated view of everyone else's life makes girls less likely to risk failing. And there's a lot of talk these days about raising girls who are brave and not just perfect. The founder of Girls Who Code talks about it, has a terrific book about it. And she's right that when we increase risk tolerance, um, they may fail and they may fail publicly because social media makes everything public. But raising girls that are willing to do that and who are unafraid to be bad at something is important. And I think that that will bolster confidence a lot. And social media makes that a little bit tricky. Um, I think feeling like you have to be perfect right out of the gate, no one's perfect right out of the gate. And so highlighting as adults when we fail, as parents, when we're new at something and having our kids get to watch us learn how to do something, these are valuable for parents, for teachers, as the grownups, when we're their first role models, let's show them what it's like to be horrendous at something mm -hmm. because it gives them the freedom to try new things and trying right. new things is where they find their new aptitudes. Right, right. Well, that's really interesting. Um, and I want to talk more about parents and role models and that sort of thing in a, in a minute. But I want to know, what are you seeing as the biggest issues girls are struggling with? I have to, that's a great question, too. I think I see girls um, being overscheduled. And some of that is their own doing. And some of that is from the household. But when I hear the number of activities, the number of lessons and practices and club meets and that they go from hour to hour every day, I don't know that I could have done it at their age. So I think there's a tremendous overscheduling that's happening and it leaves very narrow margin for creative thought and free play for the sake of play and hanging out with friends with no other you know, goal there. Um, I think that's hard. I think they are self-critical, but I think more than anything else, they are underestimated. And it's, it's something that I try so hard not to do. And I encourage, you know, my friends and other parents, we should not be underestimating girls this age. They are capable of so much. And that transition from grade school into high school, they are, it's a very quick turn to all of a sudden be treated as an adult, but they are capable of so much. They are smart. They are curious. They are self-possessed. They know what classes they look forward to. They know what their favorite activity is. And when they are underestimated, when they're not taken seriously, when that question you talked about finance, when that question about how does a mortgage work? How does it work to lease a car? When that question gets dismissed at the dinner table because you don't have to worry about that or it's not polite to talk about money. When we underestimate girls this age, um, it not only drives their confidence down, but it leads them to not share with us as much. And they want to share. I, you know, I'll talk to girls on the bus going in and out of Manhattan when they're emailing me with questions. Um, oh, I don't talk to my parents about that. Or I can't really find a teacher to talk to. And we all want to hear about all of this. We should be careful about not underestimating what they're capable of. I think that it's a disservice to right. 
not teach our girls about those fundamentals. I mean, that it, it, finances specifically, because mm-hmm. I mean, how many how many adults have gotten into so much trouble with debt right. and, and, and all of this stuff, you know, buying more than they can ever possibly afford. Yeah. We absolutely need to be teaching that to every child. Mm-hmm. Uh, but girls absolutely should be part of that conversation right. and have that conversation. So I really appreciate that. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this. Please don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you're a parent who's struggling and you feel like you might need some support to be the confident leader of your family, where you can calmly respond to any kind of behavior, disrespect, or your kids not listening to you, well, I have a membership group that you might be interested in. All you have to do is go to kamomsclub.com for more information. That's kamomsclub.com for more information. Now, back to the show. So what I want to ask you is this, this is, you know, this is really inspiring for these girls to see role models and, and see these women. But if they are overscheduled, they're self-critical, their, their confidence is going down. And I've seen it. I've definitely seen it. I see it with the parents that I, I work with as well that have girls that are struggling. What do you do when the girls are struggling? Like, what, what do you suggest for them? I think we listen. I think if there's a clear passion and you've got a child who is doing 800 activities, but art is the one where she is in the car on time, never forgets her supplies, so excited. Let's lean into art. And if all of her friends are cheerleading, that's terrific. But if what she loves is art, let's foster that. Let's encourage and cheer for that. I think finding things that really resonate on, on, in an authentic way with our girls, with our kids in general, but listening to what they really love it might not be what we pictured for them. It might not be what we did at that age. And it might not be what 90% of their friends are doing. But if it resonates deeply with them, I think we listen. And I think we encourage it and we find outlets for it because their aptitudes are there and they might not be incredibly skilled in the beginning, but as they practice, as they get into it, as they find the right teachers and role models, they will become so. But I just think we listen to them. And we respect the fact when they say, yeah, I might be amazing at soccer. I don't like it. I want to try a different sport. Do it. Do it. I was literally doing a happy dance when you said the word listen, because (laughs) yes, we need to listen and we need to listen without judging them, without Mm -hmm. criticizing them. We just need to listen to understand what they're saying and and take it all in. Look. They are humans just like us. They are flawed, but they are beautiful and they have their own thoughts, their own ideas, and we need to be there to support them with what they want. But the problem that often comes up for us as parents, and look, we're only ever doing our best, right? Mm -hmm. But we run our own agenda. Okay, well, you like art, but how are you going to make a living at art? Or, you know, you're really interested in... I don't know what cars, but I don't want you to be a mechanic or whatever it is. Right. So we also need to just trust in the fact that our kids are going to make decisions in their life that are theirs, their, Mm -hmm. their life, 
they are from us, but they don't belong to us, right? So right. there's even a That's bigger a message. Yeah. There's yeah. A, yeah, a bigger message here that, that we have to, because look, one of the reasons why our girls and our kids struggle at these ages is because of the amount of pressure that's on them. They are children still, and we're asking mm -hmm. them to make decisions about the rest of their life. Right. You've got to take this course because you're going to go into, um, you know, you're going to be a scientist, you're going to be um, an accountant, right. you're going to be a lawyer. So you need to make sure at 16 years old that you're taking these courses. Well, you know what? I think, I think we need to, we need to we don't. back a little bit. Yeah. Right. right. Because the jobs that we envision as parents may not exist when they reach adulthood and the jobs that they will have haven't even been invented yet. So oh, let's talk about the skills that they need to be good friends and good colleagues and good leaders. And let's talk about opening their minds to possibilities. I want to show you a million great role models, not because I want you to have her job someday, but because I want you to listen to what she's telling you. I want you to hear about her career path and I want you to absorb some of that bravery and some of that confidence. So when the right job or the right career shows itself to you many, many years from now, you have this, this you know, foundation of leadership to draw on. You say, oh, I met someone who said something like that. I don't think that they're gonna have the jobs we're showing them now, but I want them to have the skills that we're showing them now. And I want them to have the confidence and all the options that we're showing them now. Mm -hmm. You don't know what their future is gonna look like. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I just couldn't agree more. And, and one of the things that I always teach is, you know, your IQ is important, right? How smart you are is good. But how many people do we know that are really smart, book smart, but not so smart at life, right? So we need to teach them how to be emotionally intelligent as well, right? right? The emotional intelligence is really what sets you apart. That makes it so that you are resilient, so that you thrive right. in this world. So, so you can understand and be in relationship with other people, but also understand your emotions and not take mm -hmm. things personally. You can choose you can choose kindness, you can choose empathy, compassion. And we model that for our kids. Yes. You know, and when we see us. Yeah. Well, and that is exactly right. And so that is what brings me to the parents' role in this. So so here we are as parents sweating all this stuff, but but it's so true. The jobs that are uh, that that our kids are gonna have are not even invented yet, right? right? We don't even know what they are. And the jobs that we think that they would want may not even exist. I think that is mm -hmm. profound. I just, I, I couldn't love that more. So such great advice there. But in general, you know, parents, look, we've got a responsibility to our kids to model resilience as well. Do the best you can. And, and you know, mm -hmm. I think sometimes parents are at a bit of a disadvantage because we weren't necessarily taught that by our parents, right? We're right. in a new place right now where the parents that I work with and the parents who are in this community that, I, um, that, that I'm a part of, you know, we're saying, no, we don't want to be like our parents. We don't mm -hmm. want to, we want to listen to our kids. We want to honor our kids. We want to respect our kids because we see that, that they bring wisdom and value, not just speak when you're spoken to. Right. right? right. And so, so that does mean that we have to reach beyond ourselves a little bit too and say, mm -hmm. okay, look, I got to tell my, my child, look, I really struggled. I, I really had a bad day today. Like mm -hmm. I tried something and it failed. You right. know, one of the things that I do, I do Facebook lives all the time. And I tell my kids like, oh, you guys, like, this is really hard for me. You know, I'm so, I'm embarrassed. I'm worried that I'm going to say something wrong. I'm worried, worried that I'm going to, you know, look bad or whatever, but mm -hmm. I do it 
anyway. I show them yeah. anyway. They know that when I've got, you know, these curtains across my doorway, that's when, you know, I, I you know, nobody can come in, but even if they did come in, it would be kind of cute too. So, you, you know, know what? because it would be real and it would, yeah, be, it would be absolutely. And you're, you're showing them what you do up close and personal. I mean, I think that's when kids see parents who are huge readers, they're probably more likely to become a reader when they see parents who are philanthropic, they have the idea that they can make a difference and that middle school isn't too young to do any of those things. In fact, it's the perfect time to cultivate mm. that. So I think, um, yeah, I think as parents, listening to them, modeling the behavior that we want, owning up when we trip drastically and do not live up to what we're asking them to do, letting them see all of that's important. And, and I don't know, I mean, it's just curious parents make curious kids. I, it sounds awfully simplistic and I sound like I have a hundred children. I have two, you know, so it's not like I can speak to this on a huge scale, but I spend an awful lot of time with these girls and I hear the way they speak about their families and their teachers. And, you know, when I say, listen, by the way, listening to their teachers too, listening to those other adults that spend a huge chunk of their day with your children and they have great perspective. Um, listen to your kids, but listen to those teachers too, because they're with them in a whole different way. And sometimes it does take somebody else's voice to say, actually, no, your child wants this for right. you to say, oh, geez. Um, right. and, and, you know, along that line too. So one of the, one of the first questions that I ask the clients that I work with one-on-one is what do you want your child to be like as an adult? And it's a little bit of a trick question because literally the reason I ask that is because that's what you need to model, right? Because right. whatever they say in there, um, you know, they say, you know, of course, kind and compassionate, all of those beautiful things mm-hmm. that we want for, for our kids, but it starts with you, right? So yeah. ask yourself that question. People listening, please ask yourself, what do you want your kids to be like when they're, mm-hmm. when they're adults? And that is, those are your marching orders for what you yeah. need to show them really. And question yourself when you say things like successful, what does that really mean? Do you want your child to be successful and miserable? You know, so many, do you want your child to be ambitious and willing to strive because those are different things and the words can be used in a similar way, but it's okay to tell your kids it's okay to be unapologetically ambitious. If you want to do something and you want to master it and become great at it, that's okay. Absolutely. I'm not talking about doing it because it's brag worthy. I'm talking about doing it because you love to do it and you want to do it at the highest level. That's okay to want. Mm-hmm. Cause you're fierce and you right. go for it. Yes, absolutely. And I think you also have to, as a parent, you have to notice how you are about failure. Is failure an option for you? Are you willing to right. show that you've failed? Right. That's a really big one. Notice how you are about that. Is it okay to yeah. share that with kids? Is it, are you okay showing your feelings with your kids, your emotions, that sort of thing too? So I think that's really all really yeah. good stuff. I love it. Um, so tell me, tell me where do girls start? Where do we start? You, we, uh, as, as a parent, I've got a, a child who's, you know, nine, 10 years old. Where would I start with my daughter? You know, I think some of it depends on where you see her interests lie. Um, but let's take something like sports and she loves sports and she's got the ability to try out for lots of different teams, whether it's at her middle school or she's looking towards high school, there are club teams. This doesn't have to be all, you know, pre-Olympic anything, play the sport for the love of the play of playing the sport. And maybe her mentors lie with a great coach or 
you know, videos of other players that play at her level or talking to, if she's in middle school, find some high schoolers. If she's in high school, find some collegiate athletes. I think finding role models that she can interact with one-on-one that can foster the love of the sport and keep her perspective right, those are great resources. I think local community clubs for whatever it may be, whether it's art or music or theater, or, and I'm speaking outside the school sphere right now, but if you're talking about within school, um, if it's history class, what about debate? What about model UNs? What about any of those next level things that aren't being done on a purely competitive level? They're doing it to springboard an interest you see with your kids. Mm-hmm. Let's find what he or she authentically loves. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about girls now, but I'm not leaving out the brothers. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about what they love and yeah. what you see just, you know, resonates deeply. And then let's find that next level. And it doesn't need to be at a super high level. It doesn't need to be at a national competition. But let's find something in your town or something in your region or in your community and go from there. It's okay Mm. to have interests that are outside of school. And in the middle school years where peer pressure is so tough and the social landscape can shift so quickly, finding something outside of school isn't always bad. It's Mm -hmm. a new group of peers. It's another place to learn how to lead. And they, if their interests are all like-minded, it could be a really comforting, wonderful area. So if it's music, find a group to play with that's outside of school. Mm-hmm. I think there are lots of small options like yeah. that where you can start free clubs, resources, clinics, anything like that um, yeah. and step outside of school. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say too, is you first listen and then you use what you hear as a springboard to the next step. Yeah. I I can find you that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so let's, let's find some stuff. And, and, and I mean, who wouldn't be honored to hear from a parent that says, Hey, look, I, I admire you and I'd love my son Mm -hmm. to talk to you. I'd love my daughter to talk to you. Sorry. I have two boys. I I default to sons. Um, But you know what? And no one will say no. If you said, you know what, I would love it if you could my son send you three questions by email? Could yes. my son, I'm not asking for in-person and, and let's be safe and smart about the idea of role models in general. So email's a wonderful resource. Or could I, you know, if they have social media, can I message you on Instagram and can they ask you three questions? Almost no one's going to say no. And if it is a no, maybe it's just not right now. Or maybe it's, I'm not the right person, but I have a colleague, I have a friend who would be terrific to talk to your child. Mm -hmm. And you can keep it at email. You can keep it at arm's distance on social media. It doesn't need to be in person until later or until it's with a group. You know, Mm -hmm. Etra does it in a very sort of organized, I am on the ground with them all the time. But if I didn't have that, would I still encourage someone who lived elsewhere to send the woman that I just met an email? Absolutely. If she's willing to host us, she's probably willing to speak with you. We shouldn't over ask and we shouldn't send a list of 30 questions. but most people are willing to share their wisdom and, and have been so surprisingly generous about it that because you or I would do it. If someone emailed you and said, I want to learn more about being a parenting coach, I I can't, you know, of course you would ask. So (laughs) those are things that parents can do on behalf of their children until their children are ready to do it. And it is a very respectful, Hey, I think that you're really great at swimming. And I think that talking to this swimmer, might be really great for you. Mm -hmm. And I bet they have drills that you could do it. You know, 
Oh, it's it. endless. Yeah. The mm-hmm. possibilities are endless. Oh, I love it. So um, I just want to, I want to just ask you about the mentorship program that you have because you are mm-hmm. in New York. And yep. so what you've done is, is, is really local to you, yes. but I think you're going to start doing some, some more in other we areas. We are, we are getting right? ready to scale. We've got great opportunities with companies in other cities. And my job now is to find, and I'm starting to identify them. 2020 is going to be our year for that. Um, Etra Ants. I've always been a really big fan of the cool ant. And so these are all women that I either knew already or have met through Etra who would like to take part in taking 10 girls, maybe with a school, you know, maybe with a school group, with a teacher, but into some companies that aren't located where I am, but that are companies that girls would love to visit. And the more opportunities we get, the more companies reach out and say, oh, I saw you did this on Instagram. We'd love to host you too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to start building that in. So I think you'll be seeing us in other cities over the course of this year um, with cool Etra Ants. So if there are companies out there who are listening who want to host 10 girls, we would love to talk. And if there are accomplished women who think yes. that girls could benefit from seeing their colleagues and where they work, we're all ears. That's so cool. That's so cool. And, and, I, and I'm sure you're going to keep having updates on etragirls.com. And social media everywhere. We are social at etragirls everywhere. And that way you can keep up with where we're going. Girls who want to join our board. Um, the board does not meet in person because we're located everywhere. Um, and the board really consists of once a month, I send an email talking about what we're doing, asking for feedback, letting the girls have their input, and then asking five questions the answers to which drive everything we do next. Where are we going next? Who are we collaborating with next? What are we writing next? This all comes from those girls. So they can email us at info at Etra Girls. And, you know, we would love to have some girls from your area um, join our board. It's an interesting way for girls to take a leadership role at an early age. And then as they get older, as girls move into high school, they can found clubs at their schools they can mentor younger girls and this peer mentorship that has come very organically through our board and our after school clubs has been great and it's girl driven i mean i just couldn't love it more it's so great <laughs> just let me know when you have an etra aunt in vancouver where i'm from because we are going to talk offline because that would be a lot of fun Absolutely. Maybe I'll be the aunt. I don't know. I, 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 I actually, well, I have boys, but I have, I have beautiful girl nieces who I just love so very much. So, uh, this is so how I it do happens. Have, this is how it happens. That's so cool. Well, I just want to thank you so much. Um, you have been such an inspiration to so many girls. I feel so energized and uh, uh, just from talking to you. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you are here, Alana. Thank you. Uh, now, a couple things. Um, you are going to give away two books and yes, signed gonna, books. yes, two signed books. I'm going to put the information in the show notes. However, what I'm going to, I'll just say it right now in order to enter to win, I'd like you to email my team and I at admin at uh-huh. parentingforconnection.com. So A-D-M-I-N at parentingforconnection.com. And we will grab your names and, uh, and we, will, we will do a draw. Um, I'll clarify the times, the dates, all of that stuff through social media and on the show notes. So you can look for all of that when- Perfect, uh, we'll share that too. Yep. When this, is, sure when this is live. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and you're gonna have some really beautiful mantras and quotes that, uh, that 
that that the parents who are listening to this can download for their girls things that resonate mm -hmm. with them so that's all going to be made available for you as well so just look for that stuff on on um, on my page and uh, and and within the show notes here so again thank you for doing that for the listeners thank you for all of this great information and for the work you're doing in the community it is it is thank nice you so much for having me it has been nothing short of a joy and if someone had told me i would love a job more than i loved being a lawyer i never would have believed it but this has been uh, just a passion project that took shape and it's been a blast and it is entirely because of the girls and because of the parents who are sharing their girls with us thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast parenting our future I'm parent coach Robin McMahon, and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe, and if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.